Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I am Keith Collins, your host, and I am blessed to know that you are here with us again today. I trust that you are experiencing God's power, God's love, God's eternal purposes for your life today. And You know, each and every week we are blessed to be able to come to you and to share from the Word of the Lord, to share from the truths of who God really is. And we pray week in and week out, Lord, allow this program, allow this episode that you're listening to today to bring you into a deeper experience with who the Lord Jesus Christ really is. So I want you to know as you're listening that this episode is being prayed over Even as we share, there are prayers going up unto the Lord. And our heart, as I say in the opening every week, is that you will have a true experience with the Lord even as you listen. So again, so honored to know that you're listening today and not sure where you're at today. You could be in America. You might be in South America. You could be... Again, North America, the United States of America, South America. You might even be in Western Europe, Eastern Europe. Maybe you're in Asia. Maybe you're in Southeast Asia. Maybe you're in Africa. Maybe you're in the Middle East. We are reaching people all over the world by way of this broadcast and by way of these episodes. And if you would do it, it would be a blessing if we could hear from you. You can visit our website at keith-collins.org or you can visit us at impactgf.org and on both of those sites there is a place where you can send us a message and we'd love to hear from you just let us know where you're listening from also if you have prayer requests we are honored to pray for you and we're just again just honored today to have you on board and I'm praying that this episode again will be life-changing for you and for your family, for your ministry, maybe you're single, maybe you're married, maybe you have children, whatever your role is in life and society, we know the Word of God works and it encourages and it changes things. So last week, I began to talk to you about what I call the nature of faith. And as I said, faith is such a vitally important subject throughout the Word of God. We see it in the Old Testament. It's by faith that really Abraham was able to become the father of faith, of course. Um, He's our spiritual father. He's the father of Israel. But he's a father of faith. And his his faith was accounted to him as, as righteousness 
unto the Lord. The Lord even said that Abraham was his friend. So there is something about faith that we see continually throughout the Word of God, the Old and the New Testament, as well as throughout history. We see this unusual faith that, that certain people grabbed a hold of. I'm, I'm thinking of individuals like John G. Lake, and some of you have possibly heard of John G. Lake's ministry. John G. Lake was used powerfully, especially around the turn of the 20th century, and was mightily used of God in the area of divine healing and just saw miraculous signs and wonders. But he really, he really became a man of faith, and he just simply believed God's Word. Another, another individual that, that comes to mind is Smith Wigglesworth, and Smith Wigglesworth lived in the 20th century and around the 40s or so. But, but anyway, Wigglesworth was known as the Apostle of Faith. And here was a man that was a plumber before he became a minister of the gospel and was not theologically trained. Actually, he was illiterate. And the only thing that he ever read, I believe if I've got my history right, the Lord pretty much taught him to read the Bible. And that's really all he read. So he gave himself to the Bible. He begins to read the Bible, and he begins to believe what it says, that, that God said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. So Wigglesworth steps out in faith and begins to minister, and his ministry is known for signs and wonders and miracles, a powerful, powerful, powerful ministry. And there are others. I'm, I'm thinking of a man by the name of George Mueller. Some of you have possibly heard of Mr. Mueller, awesome man of God, a man that had a heart for orphans and ran orphanages, and I'm um, not sure how many, but I know that he took care of many, many kids. And oftentimes, there would not even be enough money to pay for the food to feed the children. And he would pray in faith, and literally there'd be a knock at the door, and someone would deliver groceries to feed the children that he was responsible for. I could go on and on, of course, but there, there's something that I think we have to see when it comes to faith, because without faith, we're really not going to be able to walk out our relationship with the Lord effectively. And many people have fear. Many people live in fear. They live in anxiety. They live under stress. And maybe maybe that's you. And maybe you, you're paralyzed by fear. You love Jesus, and maybe you've given your heart to the Lord. However, the, the enemy comes upon you, or maybe you allow your, your flesh to just arise in such a manner that that you live in constant fear fear of the unknown there's a lot of noise today i live in the united states of america and there's a lot of noise even in the past week we've had some major breaking news in our nation and and there's a lot of noise right now and there are people that are wondering what's going on what's going to happen are we going to run out of food uh, is our government going to be overturned? Are we still going to be able to to live our lives? And on and on and on. And listen, I, I've traveled the world, and I've been in many dangerous parts of the world, some of them third world nations, and where there's turbulence and constant overturn with regard to government and politics, and there's always challenges with regard to um, food and rationing food and trying to get food imported and so forth and so on. And so it's very easy in our flesh to to get over into fear and anxiety and trepidation and allow the enemy to come in and really to to wreak havoc in our lives. But but I want to tell you something. The the great worshiper, the great psalmist, King David, once said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. 
So I want you to know that that God is Jehovah Jireh today. He is the God that provides. Even in death, He provides. Now, what I mean by that, I'm I'm currently writing a new book, my third book, and I just finished a chapter where I talked about some of the martyrs of the faith and how that even in death, the Lord was there with them. We see the the life of, of course, the first martyr, Stephen, as he's being stoned and being being killed and and the religious leaders came against him and he he experienced natural death but even in the midst of death as he's literally on his knees breathing his final breath and speaking his last words he literally asked the lord to forgive those that were killing him that were murdering him that were martyring him just prior to that, he has a vision of heaven. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. We see Stephen's life. We see the life of a man named John Huss. John Huss was literally burned at the stake, and he was greatly influenced by, by Wycliffe, who um, was really a forerunner to the um, to the Reformation, Wycliffe was. And anyhow, John Huss began to see some of the things taking place in the church at that time and began to speak out. And begin to speak truth and and write truth and teach truth and preach truth. And as a result, the church came against him and he was literally burned at the stake. And while he's being burned, history says that he's literally singing a song of joy. <laughs> I mean, even as his body is literally melting from the flames that, that he is being consumed by, he's literally singing a song of joy. So we read, Hebrews chapter 11, which we call the Hall of Faith or the Book of Faith. And in this chapter, as I mentioned last week, we read of the lives of those that, that willingly gave their lives to the Lord, that were sawed in half, that, that lived in caves. I mean, but these were people of great, great faith. So, so I want you to understand something. Faith is far-reaching. Faith is deep. Faith um, is with you even in the midst of battles and trials. David said, in the midst of my enemies, the Lord prepares a table for me. In other words, all hell can be coming against me. The enemy can be fighting me. Demons can be tormenting me. I can be battling areas of of persecution because I will not compromise the gospel. Maybe my, my finances could be under attack. But I'm telling you, even in those seasons, by faith, there's a table of preparation that the Lord gives to his own. And my friend, that is available to you today. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, I want to read it again this week. I read it last week. But the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now last week, I told you that this verse, this verse really, this verse, excuse me, really sketches two dimensions of faith or, or faithfulness. And um, first, faith, again, provides that, that guarantee, the, the nail or the peg on which we hang our hopes. Because faith, because of faith, our hope is not just something that we think might happen. It's not a pipe dream, but it has reality. It has foundation. It has substance. Therefore, faith provides a ground to which we may hold fast to. It provides stability. It it provides um, stick to itiveness. In other words, we know that God is real. We know that God is faithful. We know that His promises are yea and amen, and that He does not waver in His nature. So we are able 
to step out in faith, even though we might not see it with our natural eyes. It's the substance of things hoped for, but it's also the evidence. Now, this 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 here sounds kind of like um, a paradox. The evidence of things not seen, right? That's what faith is, friend. Faith is not seeing with your natural eyes. Faith is not perceiving with your empirical senses what you see, what you smell, what you hear, all those, what you taste. No, no, friend, faith goes beyond that. Faith is a God quality that connects you with the eternal creator himself, and it allows you to do as Abraham does, to go and search for a city whose builder and maker was God, even though he couldn't see it with his natural eyes. He didn't have a compass where he could say, okay, we're going to this place, longitude and latitude. No, friend, he stepped out in faith. He walked in such a way that it pleased God and God directed his steps. So therefore, this second dimension, this this place where it says that the, it's the evidence of things hoped for, it, it's the thing that moves us forward. I think I said last week, my wife and I, Darla, we've been in ministry now for over 36 years. And the Lord has told us at times to do things we felt like this was a word from god and we stepped out there's really never been enough money to do it or even resources or even people to help us but we knew that it was god and we stepped out in faith and we've watched the lord come through so many times there's an area right now that we are praying for and we we believe the lord has called us to establish a a place, an actual geographical place where we can bring leaders to this place. And the Lord's already given us the land, but we're believing for the the building to be built in the near future and a place where leaders can come to be refreshed, to be encouraged, a place where they can receive prophetic presbytery, a place where they can come and hear from God, a place that will be used for intercession for the nations. And, And so we are in faith for the finances. We don't want to just jump out and get into a bunch of debt, but we know that God has given us a vision. We've had prophetic words. The Lord supernaturally provided provided a piece of land in a very powerful, geographically powerful location that has a lot of meaning spiritually as well as historically. And we know that God has planted us there. And we have faith. I, I see the building. I know what it's supposed to look like. Um, I know we're supposed to be able to house several people, ministry couples and leaders and and um, church staffs and ministry staffs, Christian business owner staffs. I mean, we're supposed to be able to bring them in and to pour into them and to equip them to do what God has called them to do. And it's a place where eagles will gather. We know that for a fact. So we're stepping out in faith. We're just believing God. So my point is this, friend. Um, I have evidence by faith, even though my natural eyes don't see it, I know it'll come to fruition. And I know that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. But I know that that faith is something that we have to understand that it's not just, okay, I have faith, so I'm going to sit here and do nothing. No, friend, faith of that works is dead. When God gives you a word, when God gives you direction, you don't just sit there and say, okay, God, you do it. No, you do everything. No, God awakens desire. He awakens apostolic vision. He he awakens um, creativity. He made us to think and to, to act. So, so faith is not static. It's not just sitting around and waiting for 
an explosion in, in the spirit room to take place. No, faith oftentimes is a word, maybe even a rhema word. Of course, we've got logos or, or logos, which is the word of God, the written word. But maybe faith comes through that rhema word, and oftentimes it does, where the Lord just maybe gently speaks to our spirit, and he says, launch that ministry. Go to that nation. Support that orphanage. Support that ministry that's helping rescue kids out of sex trafficking, or maybe you go work in that yourself. Start that business because I want to use it to advance my kingdom. Go to that neighbor and share Jesus Christ with them because you're going to win them to the Lord. You see, the Lord can speak to you in many, many different ways, and it can come in many, many different forms and fashions, but your responsibility is to act upon it. You don't just sit there and just wait for, okay, God, you gave me that word and maybe you gave me that dream or maybe that prophetic word came to me, but Lord, I'm going to wait for the next thing because I know if it happens again, then it's really you. No, friend, stepping out in faith is stepping out simply because God has told you to do it. So faith, if not coupled with faithfulness to the word of God, of course, the the Logos, which, of course, we have the written word. That's that's the highest. That's the um, the the canonized scripture. It's 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 perfect. It, it's it's complete. We have that. There are many things we see in the word that we're just supposed to do. Right. We live by by faith. We walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So we see these things in the word. But friend. The rhema word of God is powerful too. And as long as it doesn't contradict the word of God, which it never can if it's really from God, but when the rhema word from the Lord comes, when revelation, when the Macedonian call comes, as it did with the apostle Paul, then we don't try to figure out how to do it. We just know that God said to do it. So what do we do? We begin to step in faith towards what God has told us to do. So, So let me just say it this way. It's important to understand the nature of faith. How does faith actually work in our lives? How do we respond to faith? How do we use faith? I mean, what's it for? Is is it so that I could have a better life and so that I can, you know, accumulate wealth on this earth? Well, I mean, there are some people that accumulate wealth, and I know some wealthy people, but I also know that the ones that I know— they realize their wealth is to be stewarded in order to fund the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and so it's not just to accumulate, but it's to be a, a, a resource and a reservoir that finances can flow through us in order to do the work of the kingdom around the world, throughout the nation. So faith is not just, again, something that we... Um, get a proper theological understanding about faith activates us it it calls us into a place where 99.9% of the time i found this out in my own life i speak from experience but the place that faith calls causes me to walk in by the word of the lord is a place that i'm not really able to do what i need to do by and through myself without the help of the lord and when i step out in faith what happens is 
That help comes from many different ways. It's from God ultimately, but God will begin to deal with someone's heart. I've, I've had people come up to me, even in the last five years, and say, Brother, we believe in what you're doing, and we want to step up, and we want to support you $100 a month or maybe $200 a month, or here's a one-time gift, or, or we feel like we're supposed to open this up to you so you can use this whenever you need it. Why? Because I stepped out in faith. Here's the thing. If I'd have never stepped out in faith and responded in obedience and been faithful to the Word of God, then those resources, number one, they wouldn't have came because nobody would, would have even known what God had called me to do. So so unless I just had some kind of divine dream from the Lord or something like that, but understand what I'm saying. Faith is active, friend. It's not static. It's moving. It's stepping. It's walking. It's going towards what the Lord has told you to do, right? Many people that, that have been mightily used of God, um, they'll tell you that the first part of the chapter, or even the forward of the introduction, they might have had some understanding, but until they begin to step towards the reality of what God had called them to do, then they really never knew what God could do. But then they begin to step towards Him, and I can say this for my own self, I've been amazed at the opportunities that the Lord has given us, even by what I'm doing today through this this through this broadcast here, as we're reaching now, having the ability to reach 48% of the world's population through a shortwave radio broadcast, as well as reaching many, many others through podcasting and, and now writing some books and travel to 37 nations and been able to minister and encourage pastors around the world, some that live in areas of challenge and great persecution and and all the things that I've been blessed to do. I was just, this past weekend, I was out in the state of Iowa and ministered at, um, at a great Mennonite church out there, and many people from the church were raised Amish, and, and you know, but, but just to to encounter their hunger for God and asking me to come in and allowing me just to really be used of the Lord was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But listen, I would never have these opportunities unless I would have stepped out in faith when the Lord first began to call me. The The first calling upon my life was when I was a teenage boy and I was radically converted as a teenager. And then God immediately began to speak to me. I, I received a prophetic word when I was 16 years old, maybe even 15, almost 16. And um, a brother from South Florida came to our little church in North Florida and he told me that that the Lord had a calling upon my life. And he said, I see you in nations, and I see you before leaders. And he went on and on and on. And, you know, as a 15-, 16-year-old boy, I mean, it sounded grandiose, to be honest with you. I hadn't been saved long, and I wasn't familiar with um, prophecy or word of knowledge or any of the nine gifts of the Spirit at the time. And it kind of, kind of blew me away. I didn't really know what to think of it. However, there's something that happened even as a boy when that word came forth from the Lord, it did something in my heart. And I want to say this, the end of that prophetic word that was given to me many years ago, I'm almost 54 years old now, many years ago, the end of that word was, if you are faithful to the call of God, these things will happen in your life, says the Lord. If I remember right, something like that. But I had to act upon that word. Now, it didn't mean that I was ready at the age of 16 years old 
to to go train leaders in other nations. It didn't mean that I was ready to to stand and preach the gospel to other people groups, and it didn't mean that I was ready to to pastor a church or to oversee Bible colleges or even help plant Bible colleges in about four different nations. But it meant that this was the promise of God. This was the call of God. So the way that I had to respond to the word of prophecy was to be a person of prayer, to be a person of intimacy with the Lord that bred true biblical holiness, to be a person that studied the word of God to show myself approved, to be a person that was connected to the local church. And I engaged and doing whatever I could to be a a servant-hearted leader, even as a young person, when I began to preach to young people and then began to preach to adult crowds and then began to pastor as a young man. But, but I knew that the word that the Lord had spoken to me would require faith of me to ever walk into that. And here's the reality. I never even left the United States of America until I was about 31 years old. I'm in my early, my mid-50s. I'll be 54 here next month. But at this time, I've been to 37 different nations around the world. I have spoken to thousands of leaders, pastors, from whether it be from Africa to, to India to South America, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. Uh, I've been blessed, friend, to, to travel all around America to speak to leaders. And, and God has, I was just recently in a conference and spoke to several key apostolic leaders and 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 the Lord's been so faithful. I've been blessed to help plant Bible colleges in in different nations in Southeast Asia and in Europe and two places in Europe, Italy and and the Netherlands and and all the things that God's allowed me to do. I've I've spoken to thousands of of Muslims in West Africa and I've seen many of them come to know Jesus Christ. I've I've preached to thousands of Hindus in India before. I'm what I'm saying is this, my friend, God is faithful to his call upon your life when you step out in faith and you live faithful unto him. Doesn't mean that everybody's called to do what I'm called to do. Your calling might be to Maybe start a coffee shop in your community and use that coffee shop to win the lost and to disciple people. If that's your calling, friend, that's no different than mine if you're faithful to it. And God will use that. We're all parts of the same body. Some are called to fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Some are called to the business world. Some are called to be laborers in the business world. Some are called to be teachers. Some are called to raise their children at home. Whatever that calling is, do it as unto the Lord and realize that if you're faithful where God has placed you, and you step out in faith that there is nothing impossible. Do you realize some of the greatest initial miracles that took place in the early church in the first century were by what they called deacons, which are really servants? And these individuals began to see miracles and signs and wonders. Some were feeding widows. I mean, they were doing just what some would consider menial things, but they were important to God, but they were faithful in those things. And as a result, faith began to arise in their hearts and miracles and signs and wonders began to take place. Friend, listen to me. You need faith. You need to walk in faith. You need to embrace who you are. In Jesus Christ, you are not the tail, you're the head. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. 
You are victorious over sin, over Satan, over self. Demons bow at the name of Jesus. And if Jesus lives on the inside of you, friend, you have authority over demons. You have authority over disease. You have authority over any opposing force of the enemy that would try to stop the purposes of God in your life as well as in your generation. And how do we see the kingdom of God come into fruition? By faith, friend. By faith. I'm not going to finish here this week. I thought I would, but I will come back with you next week because I want to talk to you about how faith develops in stages, and there's some more things that I think are important to share with you. I kind of preach a little more this week than I thought I would. I really wanted to teach, and next week I I want to come back and really teach for another half hour or so, and I'll, I'll conclude with part three of the nature of faith next week. But again, let me just really encourage you in your walk with God, friend. I, I believe the native cry of every child the native cry, excuse me, of every child of God must be there's got to be more. When I finished preaching yesterday morning at Upper Deer Creek Church in Wellman, Iowa, I, I let the people know, friend, there's got to be more. Thank God for what you've known. Thank God for his faithfulness. But there's more. More of his love, more of his holiness, more of his power, more signs, wonders, and miracles, more ability to see the lost saved, more fire to possess in our hearts. Friend, there's more to Jesus, and he wants you to know the more today. Let me pray for you. Father, by faith, I thank you, Lord, that you are real in my own life. And Father, I pray those that are listening to me today, may faith arise in their hearts. May they walk with you as never before. May they come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, not just that they're born again, but as their inheritance, they have the ability to do the works of Jesus in their generation. Let faith arise in every listener today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. We are so blessed to know that we have the ability to speak into your life I pray that what you heard has encouraged you and it's blessed you. And I hope you'll be back with us again next week as we finish with part three of The Nature of Faith. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.